Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. And our scripture will be read for us today by Dr. Lavinia Sunitha. The gospel lesson for today is from Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 29. At the Last Supper, Jesus institutes the sacrament of communion, which the church celebrates as his sacrificial giving of his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. A reading from Matthew chapter 26, beginning with the 26th verse. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the wine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. This morning, in order to get right here into this room, people have come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, from places in Asia and Europe and Central America, in Westchester and Fairfield counties as well. It's really amazing. Pastor Hannah, it's a miracle that you're here. It's, uh, we are with you, we are for you, we love you. Thank you for, for blessing us with your presence today. And Pastor Dauda is here. He lives in New York City now, but he's from Burkina Faso. And for many years, we as a church have been praying that his family could be reunited with him here in the States. And a miracle has occurred. His daughter and his wife are here with him. Many of you know Pastor Rafi, one of our mission partners in Guatemala. He could not be here today. You know, the headlines are being dominated right now, rightly so, by what's happening in the Middle East. But in Guatemala is a mess right now. It's just really a very difficult place. The roads are closed. He couldn't even fly out. He wanted to be here today. So please keep praying for Pastor Rafi. Pastor Larry Fullerton Fullerton from Bridgeport Rescue Mission and all these other mission partners who stood just a moment ago. It's amazing how far you've traveled to be here. You know, I walked across the parking lot to get here. (laughs) I'm feeling very lazy compared to some of you. Um... We did our scripture reading just a moment ago. Thank you, doctor, for reading it so well. And uh, we're continuing in our series about how God has given of himself. Jesus gave it all. He gave his life. And he invites us into lives of giving as well. 
And the scripture that we read today from Matthew is, um, well, it's really what we call the Last Supper. And it's a picture of what, what happened to Jesus the very next day, that his blood would be spilled, his body would be broken. And we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We celebrate communion every week. Right here, you see these elements right in front of me. We're going to come to the table in just a few minutes and celebrate. We're going to take it seriously when he said, take, eat. This is my body. We still do that to this day. We do it right here in this room at this church, but it is practiced. The Lord's Supper is practiced all around the world. All these places that are represented here today, everywhere that Christians live and worship, they still celebrate the Lord's Supper. And so instead of me continuing just to talk about that right now, I thought, we have these people here. I want to bring some of them up to the pulpit. Tell us about their missional context. I've invited three of our mission partners to come join me here, uh, one at a time. And I've asked them to tell us about their missional context, and I've asked them to include in their telling how they practice the Lord's Supper or how the Lord's Supper has been meaningful in their ministry in recent weeks. So let's hear from them. We'll begin with Saji Lukos. He runs a ministry called RIMI, Reaching Indians Ministries. He runs a seminary and he's training and equipping, what is your goal, 100,000 Christian leaders in India? He's right in the middle of India. Um, Their mission is to help in nation building through transformational community development programs in South Asia and around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially the poor and the marginalized. Come on up, Saji. Share with us. Good morning, church. Greetings from the Christians of India. I want to share with you my story. Because of Jesus' body was crushed and his blood was shed for me, I'm able to stand before you. 1.4 billion people in India. As you know, 80% Hindu, 15% Islam, and then the rest, Christians, a small percentage. They need to hear this good news. Thank you, church, for your sacrificial giving to reach the land of India and beyond, especially your partnership in Nepal. I want to share a little bit of my story, how Christ's death, his sacrifice, helped me and my family to find hope. I'm from southern part of India. That's why I have a southern accent like some of you all. (laughs) By the way, in the first service, I only took two minutes. He said, you should take more time. I'm going to take 10 minutes now. And uh, grew up in a family of eight children. I'm the first one. Satan attacked my family, darkness in my home. My father was a very violent alcoholic. Therefore, my mother uh, was depressed, mentally uh, depressed, mental problem in the hospital. And she attempted suicide. My sister was demon possessed, went everywhere, sacrificed thousands of chicken midnight in my house. Nothing helped. I was in the university, 19 years old, and two poor missionaries, never passed high school, came to me and read John 3:16. Nobody told me, Saji, God loves you. They said, Saji, God loves you. I hated them. I, I was arrogant and proud like my daddy, but they would come every day. On the sixth day, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. First time I remember, with the tears, I received Christ into my life. My burden was taken away. Until that time, I didn't want to live. I was looking for a place I can end my life. Jesus gave me hope. 
Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, not to live for me, for all people. You are here because of his sacrifice. And uh, I was teaching business many years in India. It, when I was uh, 26, I got married. My wife came from New York. She grew up in Queens. <laughs> so I immigrated to 1980 to start business, make money, bring all my siblings. That's what the immigrants do. I was working in New York. God began to speak to me from 1 John chapter 2, 15 to 17. 1 John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Verse 17 says, the world and its lust to there will pass away. But the man who does the will of God will live forever and ever. I was thinking about my destiny. Am I going to live like other Indians? Work hard, raise children, and have money in bank and die a normal life. <laughs> I... I was, I, I was uh, kicked out of my home. And for following Christ, I was beaten up. My hands were tied and legs were tied like a sheep. Indians beating. Why did I suffer for the gospel? So God called my wife and I, left to uh, New York, went to uh, Trinity Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois. My plan was to finish a PhD and teach in America. I was teaching business. But God has said to go back to India. 92, I went back. I traveled across India. I saw the country. I was from South and but God is, gave a burden for North India. That's why I started Remi Mission India. Right now, we have 1,800 missionaries and around 13,000 house churches. We have seminary in the center of India where Dr. Chuck Davis and Dr. Ingrid Davis came and ministered there. And in every state, we have Bible colleges because so many languages. Right now, around 1,000 students are being trained. Over the years, 30 years old ministry, 25,000 young people were trained and sent out to impact and beyond. We are involved in the hospital, so many compassion programs. And so I'm, we are based in Chicago, my office, back and forth. I want to say, look at the church. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrificial giving. I'm so impressed by all these missionaries. So many missionaries, uh, ministries are present here because of you. Now, how do we serve Lord's Supper? Pastor Nathan said, you must share that. How do you do it? <laughs> so listen, in India, before COVID, most of our churches were on one glass. We were drinking. But after the COVID, now everybody using cups. When we share the Lord's Supper, everybody kneel down. And the pastors, pastors will go line by line, give it to the people. That's our culture. And so, again, thank you for allowing me to share my story. Love you. God bless you. Pastor, how many minutes? Ten minutes? <laughs> I have a feeling you have more to share. <laughs> so if anybody wants to talk to him, he'll be in Emmaus Hall. You can share as much as you want there, brother. That was really, thank you so much for that encouragement. Uh, the, our next um, preacher will be familiar to many of you. Dr. Ingrid Davis is involved in a ministry called Leadership Coaching International. She's also here representing Global Lead today. Uh, known to many of you because... Uh, she's married to a guy who used to stand in this pulpit a lot, our former senior pastor, Chuck Davis. Uh, Ingrid is a certified coach and mentor, conducts various workshops and seminars designed to help participants live their best life now by understanding their inner selves in new and deeper ways. Ingrid has a master's degree in intercultural studies and a doctor of ministry in global leadership. Those are fancy titles, but I know that many of you know her because she's prayed for you. She's coached you. She's mentored you. She's been there for you as a friend in the gospel. Come on up, Ingrid, and share with us.
it feels like I've come home. <laughs> so good to be back with you. Chuck and I have had the privilege over the last five years since we left Stanwich Church um, to go around the world and come alongside Christian leaders, um, both locally uh, throughout the United States, but also in places, far-reaching places around the world. We just got back yesterday from a month of being overseas. Um, we were in, I was in Netherlands, and then Chuck met, met me in Switzerland, and then we went to Turkey, and we just got back from Ireland. So going around the world, coming alongside Christian leaders. So two weeks ago, we were in Izmir, Turkey. We were at a global gathering of leaders, ministry leaders from around the world, from places like Buenos Aires and Paris and Oslo and Chiang Mai, ministers from all over the world who are on the front lines. We got to speak, both Chuck and I were plenary speakers, and so we got to share our lives, our stories, our ministries, and we got to encourage them and lift their spirits and infuse them with fresh hope. At the last evening, they asked Chuck to consecrate the Lord's table. And we were going to all take of the Lord's table together as a group. So Chuck invited people to come um, to the table. There were several tables set up for the group, and they came as families. They came as ministry teams. Um, they came as couples. And there was one gentleman that came up alone. His name is Neri. Neri is from Costa Rica, and Neri's wife died five years ago. He's on his own in ministry, but he's ministering in the Ukraine. So when Chuck saw that he was alone, he went and he, he broke the bread with him and he gave him the cup. And um, Neri said, you know, I'm alone in the Ukraine. I, um, he teaches medics and survival skills and search and rescue missions in the Ukraine on the front lines. You know, that celebration of the Lord's table and that conference just reminded me of one day there is going to be an amazing banquet. The marriage feast of the Lamb, where every tribe and tongue and people and language will gather around this table, just like we gather around here. So we need to go and we need to invite, whether it's me going across the world or you going across the street, we need to invite people to this amazing banquet that's waiting for us. They who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how can they call on one they have never heard? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can they tell them unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Stanwich Church, if we are a church of Jesus Christ, then we are a church for the nations. And I want to thank you on behalf of all of us as mission partners for the work that you do, not only here locally, but around the world. God bless.
Our next guest uh, preacher, speaker is Chal Knox. Chal runs a ministry called Lemonade International. And it serves people who live in a community called La Limonada in Guatemala. Uh, La Limonada is an extremely poor and quite dangerous, frankly, neighborhood in, in Guatemala City. Some of us have been there. I've walked those streets myself. And um, Lemonade International is designed in, uh, uh, to really serve that community through gang prevention, through education and intervention, rescue pro- program that reaches youth at risk who've already been tempted by gang life, comprehensive care through home visits and community relief program, and um, education as well to try to prevent people from even going into the gangs. It's tough work, and it's gospel work, and we're really privileged to have Chow here with us today. So Chow, will you come on up, speak to us about your missional context. Thank you. Um, So we read from Matthew 26. Jesus says, take and eat, this is my body. Christ's body. Christ's body was an important subject in the New Testament. He mentioned his body early in his ministry when he said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. He was talking about his body, his physical death and his resurrection. Here in Matthew 26, Jesus invites us to partake of his body. And later in the New Testament, Paul explains that the church is Christ's body, that we are all different hands, feet, eyes, ears, all different members. But we're all important as we serve him in one common purpose. Last year, after Russia attacked Ukraine, I was searching for a way to pray, not just to pray for an end to war, but to pray for the believers, both in Ukraine and in Russia, practically speaking. I came across a reflection from a pastor in Europe, and he said that in his church, they have a tradition during the Lord's Supper. When they come together, they'll leave an empty seat, much like this one, um, a visible reminder. Uh, and if there's no one sitting next to you, you can think of this yourself this morning, a visible reminder that, that there are Christ followers all around the world that are experiencing a lot of different circumstances from ours, and yet they are partaking in the same elements. In their tradition, in this church that I'm mentioning, every time they take the Lord's Supper, they they have this empty seat at the table that reminds them to pray for other members of Christ's body who are suffering, like believers in Ukraine. I have the privilege of serving Lemonade International as executive director, as as Pastor Nathan said. At Lemonade, we work in some of the poorest neighborhoods in Guatemala City. Um, we, We are empowering local leaders there um, to break cycles, to, to follow God to break cycles of, of violence, of gang violence, of uh, poverty and of injustice. And we are uh, allowing them and in, encouraging them and empowering them to receive the support that they need as they follow God in faith. Um, they're, they're on the front lines. They, they confront gang leaders. I, frankly, I check emails and look at bank accounts. It's not, as, not even as exciting as it sounds in some days, but... Um, what they get to do is, is exciting, and, and I get to do some exciting things too. I get to share the vision with churches like Stanwich. I get to talk to donors and sponsors. And um, the, the truth is what they're doing in Guatemala City, they're the hands and the feet. Uh, but I get the opportunity to be a pinky toe. Um, and and when, when we all do our part, the truth is the pinky toe gets to rejoice too. Um, there was some political tension Last few weeks in Guatemala City, uh, blockades, closed streets, fuel, uh, food supplies have been disrupted. The academic centers we partner with have a very limited supply of food to be able to share with the children that we serve. Uh, as you can imagine, this is, this is serious. If God doesn't continue to intervene, uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be really challenging as far as how we're going to provide food for these children and their families. Um, and uh, they're suffering. 
And so as I participate in the Lord's Supper this morning, um, I think of them and I pray for them because we're Christ's body. Uh, Although I get to travel to and from Guatemala a lot, uh, I actually live in Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm not too far away from Asbury University, uh, where, as many of you know, there was a revival, an outpouring in February, and I had the opportunity to be there during the outpouring. I witnessed God's Spirit pour out His love on thousands of young adults who gathered to worship. Uh, What the Spirit did at Asbury, He wants to do in in churches in the U.S. and around the world, including Guatemala City. Um, My son is is a student at Asbury, and he called us the second night. He said, Dad and Mom, you guys need to come down to, to check this out. This is, God is doing something here. And uh, it was just a, ch- a chapel service, uh, just a simple message about repentance, confession, prayer, uh, authentic love, serving each other. And students stayed, and they kept, uh, kept playing the music. And more people came to pray. And my son got out of his uh, lunchtime class, and another friend said, there, people didn't leave the chapel. You need to come back. And more students kept coming back. Uh, just continued time of confession and of prayer. Uh, and we were there the second night, and I went back multiple nights to pray. Uh, a lot of prayer. It was really amazing how the whole staff and administration came together and said, "This is God's doing something special here, and we need to cover this in prayer. There were prayer groups all around the school. They canceled classes. All the classes turned into prayer, prayer groups. Um, there was prayer under the chapel, around the chapel, a lot, a lot of prayer. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of uh, toilet paper and paper towels. Um, there are people that just came from all over the country and around the world uh, to experience God pouring out his love. And I, I'll never forget a student's arms full of paper towels. He's like, we cannot keep the bathroom stocked for all the people that are showing up. It was, it was amazing. Um, it was amazing. Uh, if, you know, if, you're, if you're 25 and under, uh, God's doing something special in your generation. And you might be 25 and older, 26 and older too, and he's doing something special for us as well. But I just, I want to share this for those that are younger generation, um, ambidextrous faith. Uh, it's really important as we develop to, to understand the importance of the great commandment and the great commission, uh, that we are called to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And we sang a song this morning that said, bring all of your failures, bring your addictions. There's no one that can change our lives. Uh, only, only God, only through Christ can, can we experience that freedom. Um, and, and, and if you think of sort of two arms, right, ambidextrous, um, if, you've, you know, if you're under 25, you want to raise up your right arm, you can raise it up. This is kind of, think of a hand of God. There's going to be a lot of moments we need to depend on God. We live in a, a world that is challenging and difficult, and we need a Savior. Um, and we also need to share that with the world, with the other hand. Um, not only we're called to love God, but to love our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, we sang a song this morning. It says, go tell the world about me, the Great Commission. Uh, we are called uh, to make disciples, baptize, teach all nations. Uh, go tell the world about me. And so if, if you feel that life is, is bad, you need the Lord. If you feel that life is good, then you need to share this with somebody else. There are a lot of people in our world that need to, to know about him. Uh, when, I, uh, when I went to Guatemala in July, they had asked me to, to share a, a short little, like a under five minute just a, a recording, an audio recording. A pastor friend of mine said, could you record what happened at Asbury and just, just send it to me and I want to share it with some people. And apparently thousands of people have heard this little MP3 I shared. I was not prepared for that. Uh, I was in a church and a, a young lady that teaches children in the children's ministry after church came up to me and, and she said in Spanish, she said, You're, are, are you the guy in the recording? And I was like, who, who are you? What? She said, we, we've all heard that recording. She said, God is moving in universities here in Guatemala City. And that, that, knowing that what God did to Asbury has given me hope that he's going to do the same thing in other parts of the world. So 
We're Christ's body. You know, we are, we are called to, to represent him, to love him, and to love others. If, if you're a hand, be a hand. If you're a foot, be a great foot. If you're an eye, be an eye. If you're an ear, be an ear. If your gift is prayer, pray for God's work internationally. If it's teaching, go on a trip. Partner with other teachers in, in other countries. If it's mercy or compassion or generosity, share, post, give. If it's an entrepreneurial spirit, build a business that can invest capital in God's work in developing countries. I'm just one of many missionaries this morning, and what a, what a blessing, what a privilege it is to be a part of God's body, of Christ's body all across the world. We are Christ's body. When his body, body suffers, we suffer. We grieve together. You are Christ's body. Whatever he has given you, use it, share it. Be the best hand, foot, eye, ear that he's made you to be in radical authenticity, deep humility, and sacrificial love. Thank you, Chow. We've been using that phrase, missional context. I don't know if you've realized we've been using that phrase all morning. Well, we all have a missional context. We all live in one. It might not be India or Central America. It might be like hard to pronounce places like Greenwich, (laughs) Connecticut, or wherever you go, wherever your life is, your workplace, your school, your family text thread your hallways at school. Um, I love the fact that we have all of our teenagers with us this morning. Chow reminded us of the work of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happening in your generation. I'm seeing it as well. And I just want to say to all of you who are, who are young, did you hear what Ingrid said a few moments ago? Where she said, our job is to invite people to that feast, invite people to that banquet. And I just would encourage all of you young people or any age, as we leave this room today, whatever our missional context is, to invite people to the banquet, invite people to the table, invite people to church. Our church has been growing over the last year or so because you're inviting your friends to come. We want to see more of that. Students invite people to young life, to focus, to youth group here at church. When we do that, we're inviting them to this table. And at the table is where we meet Jesus. We ourselves cannot save anyone, but he can. So we simply say, come and see. Come and see. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.